This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. John, what are you drinking? I am drinking, uh, I can't really say the name because it's uh, patented and they didn't, they're not paying us. <laughs> what it is is uh, ginger beer and rum. And I'm really enjoying it. Is it Myers rum? No, it's Is that uh, the secret? It's a, it's a rum from Bermuda. Oh. Jared, what are you drinking? <laughs> drinking Steel Hands Brewing Coffee Lager. They're a brewery out of uh, Casey, South Carolina. Casey, South Carolina. Just just outside of Columbia. Good. I've got uh, Basil Hayden's. I've realized on the last couple episodes, I sometimes fail to mention what I'm drinking. Just want everybody to know that trust me. He is drinking. <laughs> I'm true to the spirit of the show. Barry has never failed us in that respect. Twice I have, but only because it was 7 a.m. on a Sunday. I meant personally. <laughs> Still good. Uh, and what are y'all reading? Jared, John, whoever. John. I'm reading That Wild Country by Mark Kenyon. I actually read it in August. I just haven't gotten around to reviewing it. Good. Jared? And I read Airframe by Michael Crichton. Awesome. And I've got Silence of the Lambs by Thomas Harris. The uh, couple of things follow up on from last episode. Thank you again to Tyler Owens for coming on. Uh, Tyler mentioned doing a 50-mile run around his block half mile increments it's 100 laps for those of you in Rio Linda I have since thought of doing an eight hour event preferably in the heat of the summer but after each half mile lap you've got to drink a beer I'm talking a real beer like a coffee lager not a Mickey Ultra fuck that <laughs> And last man standing wins. <laughs> <laughs> so, any either of you guys or any of our listeners are interested, uh, reach out to me and we'll make it happen. I think I'd rather have Giardia. <laughs> it, <gets laughs> it gets plenty warm down here, so it ought to be an interesting day. You can drink water too, but the beer is mandatory. I'll try a lap. Yeah, I mean, I nobody I might says even gotta, try a second one. Yeah, I could probably. I've been thinking about it. You know, I could probably. You know, you could probably make a five k out of it at least before it got to be oh, yeah. too strenuous. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. Yeah, no, let's do it. Let's coordinate it. Fourth of July. Oh Lord! Don't people usually do the beer mile on the Fourth of July? I don't know. 
can we do that and then go float the river? We could. Oh. Sounds like a good combo. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like that sounds like a mid afternoon hangover to me. The other thing to follow up on, uh, in regards to the half mile loop too, I mentioned the walking man in my neighborhood. I snagged him yesterday when I was finishing my run and asked him how far he walks every day. And he says he's doing between 18 and 20 miles. So walking man, if you're listening, good for you. And I actually saw him jogging today. Brief stint. So he, he's probably more prepared. He's probably more prepared for an ultra than I am. Is he burning out his fuse up here alone? That's the rocket man. Oh, okay. (laughs) John, why don't you go ahead with uh, that wild country? Absolutely. I actually read this book while we were at the cabin together. And if you'll excuse me, um, I think that was our best episode so far. And it seems like our listens have taken off directly after that episode. So any new listeners should go check it out. (coughs) Excuse me. But I picked up that wild country to kind of get in the spirit of being on public lands. And this is by Mark Kenyon, who he works at the, he works with meat eater. Now he has his own blog. I think it's called uh, wire to hunt, but he put this book out in 2019 um, and I read it actually on Kindle Unlimited. So it was free for me to read. It looks like it's like $5 if you want to pay for it. Um, free is a good price. Yes. I know that's your favorite price, Jared. It sure but is. <laughs> there ain't, ain't no such thing as free. <laughs> you have to pay $10 a month for Kindle Unlimited. Everyone in your house has to. Um. Anyway, so the book is kind of about Mark's experiences on public lands, how public lands came to be in the United States, and and it's about the attack on public lands by the Trump administration, which if that's the if that's probably been one thing I've been critical about <laughs> public lands policies from the Trump administration but so it does get a little political but either way I think it's a good argument Um, he does give a pretty good history of public lands in America and um, it tells a good story of like his how his father introduced him into into hunting and public lands and he ends up going on a backpacking trip with his father who's got some disease that's kind of debilitating him. So they're having to work through that. All in all, it was a really good book. It was a pretty quick read. I think I started it and finished it while we were at the cabin. And it seems to have some intense hatred towards it, though, because it did get a little political. And I'd be happy to read some of those one-star reviews right now. I'd love to hear them. All right. This book sucks, said Steve. I wonder if that was Ranella. (laughs) 
It says, Tales of One Man's Ventures. When he grows up and puts on some big boy pants, things will look different when it comes to federal government stealing lands from Native American tribes. Oh. So I feel like this is an attack from the left. Yeah. Well, Trump didn't do that. Yeah. Classic white privilege in Indians. Again, left. And then we get into boring political book with liberal point of view. Very little description of Western U.S. scenery. Quite boring. Mark Kenyon's from the Midwest, so I feel like this book would focus on public lands he has experienced and knows well. Yeah. So it's it's good to see the attacks from both the left and the right. Well, yeah, that's when you know it's partisan. Yeah, it's when you know you're on the right track. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of Trump administration and public lands, the U.S. Interior Instagram page posted something yesterday, I think, about Trump. I don't remember exactly what it was. Go pull it up if they hadn't deleted it. But man, the comment section on that, you could lose yourself all night reading through that thing. <laughs> so, it was funny. It's, it's like, he lost. What's this propaganda about? <laughs> He's still the president until January, until the end of January almost. I do actually recommend that U.S. and uh, Department of the Interior Instagram. They're pretty good. I think they do a really good job across all their National Park Service uh, Instagrams and that that one in particular. It's a very good page. I'm going to go check on that post because I feel like it's been deleted. Whole page probably been taken down. Oh, it was about wildfire prevention. Oh God, <laughs> the <laughs> the argument between global warming and forest management going on there. I bet that's. Yeah, <laughs> but that got heated, literally. Let's see what you did there. Now go go read the comment section if you don't have. If you're up tonight, can't sleep. <laughs> go give it a spin. Some light reading. Hey, what did what what forest were they in again? Or was it in this did, book? Yeah, it was just Several. in general wild uh, public lands in general. Mm, okay, he did go to painted rocks. Oh, sweet. I believe up in, I believe it's in Michigan. Yeah, that looks like a pretty sweet place to go. It's a, um, it's not a park. I think it's a monument, but it's uh, got backpacking trails, so it looks pretty cool. Was it, did the book touch a lot on like conservation, wildlife conservation and wildlife management? Is that? I don't quite uh, remember, but he is a hunter, so I am sure he did get into that. He talked with, uh, he talked about Freddie, Teddy Roosevelt quite a bit. So he, uh, him, and the meat eater. I think he was the one that headed up the the back forty that meat eaters always talking about. They're kind of forty acres of land that they bought in uh, Michigan, I think, for whitetail hunting. It's like uh, I feel like they're opening it up to the public. I don't know. He he probably had him buy the forty acres next to his. Yeah, <laughs> so he's got eighty. <laughs> uh, just while I'm thinking about Meat Eater, they've got their first and second seasons are now on YouTube to watch. 
And uh, two of the first episodes in season one were a javelina hunt and an Audad hunt down in the Big Bend country of Texas. So that's fine. I was just talking about Audad today at work. Speaking of those first two seasons, I ended up buying them a couple years ago on some weird app. So I just have some weird app installed on my Apple TV <laughs> with the bot on it because they weren't for sale anywhere else. It's like BTX or something like that. Are they still there? Yeah. They better be. Anyway, Mark, uh, we'd love to, for you to come on here and talk about public lands and hunting and whatever else you want to shoot the shit about. We'll holler at where, you. Were they hunting? Where were they hunting all dead? Uh, I know Big Ben, but was it on someone's ranch? Got to be on someone's ranch. The high fence operation. Low no, fence. it wasn't a high fence. It was uh yeah. It the Audad hunt looked like it was more up towards Fort Davis, mm. and the Havelina hunt was actually at the state park. No shit. Yeah, I think that's what it looked like. Fort Davis State Park. No, Big Bend. Oh. oh, nice. Or Davis so, Mountain State Park. Yeah, I always, I always get them confused too. So go look at it. It's on YouTube. I will. <laughs> uh, you want to hit your book, Airframe? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, kind of picked this book out. Uh, my my grandpa he 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 wasn't a big Michael Crichton fan, but I do remember him him and I talking about this book Airframe, uh, one of the last books we talked about. But so I was like, oh, I'm going to give this one a go. But basically, <clears throat> starts out as uh, starts out pretty intense, like like most Michael Crichton books, I guess. But basically, midair accident uh three people die and there's like 56 people hurt anyway that's how that's how the story starts off and goes on to casey singleton who's the vice president of norton aircrafts and she's a vice president in the quality assurance department but so they have to go through a investigation on the on the plane on the accident it was uh it, it, he kind of hits you from a bunch of different angles from counterfeit parts to media to being set up by people within the uh the company it got kind of confusing a little bit but eventually he tied it up together at the end of the book um Anyway, one of the things I found pretty fascinating was, or not fascinating at all, but I thought it was kind of funny was how media, the media distorts a lot of things to have a good story. And so that, that, that was like the biggest point of the book. It was the media versus Norton Aircraft. I feel or, like the best thing that ever happened <laughs> to CNN was those missing airplanes. Right. Everybody started chiming in. <laughs> They're probably the ones that took them. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was pretty much the gist. Uh, they're they're. 
I don't know how to, how to explain it, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of a drama, I guess. A drama? Yeah. Pretty suspenseful. It, it had me entertained. Uh, it's a typical Mike, Michael Crichton book. Very detailed. A lot of information. You can tell he did a lot of research on the on the subject before writing the story. Would I recommend it? I, I don't know. <laughs> Man, you've been bringing a lot of. I don't, I, no, I mean, I, 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 if you're, if you're a Crichton fan, help. Yeah, I'd recommend <laughs> it, man. It was, it was, it was one of my. I, I thought it was great, but yeah, I want to read it. No, it sounds dude, pretty I mean, good. It's a lot, a lot of drama, suspense, and stuff like that. Uh, I need to just bite the bullet and pick a Crichton book up. I've Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's the I one. said it a million times. Maybe yes, sir. No, have <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, one of the questions I had in the book is uh, the. I thought he could have left out, and the book still would have been great. Probably fifty pages shorter was uh, the, the the whole counterfeit part thing, as they were going into the investigation. Uh, they were trying to, you know, breaking down the airplane and found all these parts aren't certified Norton aircraft parts. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, man, this, I know you're trying to keep the suspense, but, I, you know. I mean, I believe that shit, though. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. sure it goes on in the, air, in the airline industry all the time. I'm sure, like, even in pharmaceuticals, yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, I'm sure of that. But we do have some one-star reviews. Oh, yes. And, and they are all on one subject, it seems like. Full of filthy language. Had to stop reading the book before I was a quarter of the way through it. I don't like seeing the F word over and over again. They dropped some F-bombs in this. And uh, beware of unnecessary bad language. I love the storyline, but dislike the bad language, which did not add to the story. I thought it made the story. I'll laugh my ass off sometimes. But <laughs> talking about a airplane accident, there's liable to be some bad language. I don't remember any of his other like Crichton books, like dropping f bombs, and this is it was one of his later books too. I think is he still alive? He he died in two thousand and eight. With an estimated net worth of $175 million. Good Lord. Looked like there was a movie deal for Airframe, but it never came through. Dude, I bet it'd make a hell of a movie. Probably would. Honestly, especially nowadays. Get on it, James Franco. Probably decided to do Snakes on a Plane instead. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, James Franco. Thanks on a motherfucking plane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, James Franco's been wanting to do Blood Meridian since we talk about Blood Meridian like we do Giardia. He needs to get on it. I'll have to fucking read it. Speaking of, I'm going out of town soon, so guess what? (laughs) Be trying again. Try it again. John, just buckle down. I need to finish it on vacation. Is what I need to do. I need to start it before I leave and finish it on vacation. Yeah, get about halfway through. 
you said you're done with everything for the week, so I got to do next week, though. Unfortunately, how much work did you have to do the week of Thanksgiving? Oh, I got a whole full. We don't get Thanksgiving off in short semester school. They don't care well, about us. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, Jared? How many? I feel like you've read damn near all of his books. No, but I'm on a mission too. I think I've read. I have, I have eight of his books. That's it. Yeah, eight or nine. That's still a lot. It's more than I got of any author. <laughs> yeah, they're all good. One of what I mean, you know, I wouldn't recommend Pirate Latitudes to anyone. Yeah, I remember that. I uh, I may give Jurassic Park a go. I'm trying to read a little bit wider. I think a little outside the box and stuff. Even if that means picking up another mainstream author, but just something new. Different. Hey, whatever keeps you reading. Yeah. My yes. wife reads just straight trash, but she has <laughs> TV than me. Yeah, at least she's reading something. Yeah, she just flies through these books. Probably because they're at a third grade reading level. Are they, are they like like dime store yeah. <laughs> romance novels? Just for clarification, I'm not saying my wife is at a third grade reading level. I'm saying <laughs> the books. Bigfoot erotica books she's reading. Yeah. <laughs> Bigfoot erotica. They exist. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast Wild Things, I believe that's what it's called. Uh, had a Bigfoot erotica author on, and that's what she specializes in. What kind of thought process goes into that, dude? <laughs> Jared, anything else on Airframe? No, or Michael Crichton. Give give his books a go, man. Anyone, yeah. anyone yeah. out there? I don't. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump, I'm gonna bump Jurassic Park up on my reading list and uh my y'all don't let me forget my reading list is one of the things I want to talk about <laughs> as we often do. You can have it done in two days. <laughs> he wrote Westworld too, if y'all didn't know that. I did well, not know that. Maybe that a good show. That may be a good place for me to start. Read too. that one. I really enjoyed Westworld, at least the first season of it. Um, I speaking of my reading list, too smidge right now. I'm on a 14 day reading streak. At a boy, so, of at least 30 minutes a day. I've done 45 minutes as my minimum goal the last four days. So, yes, sir. And uh, I'm liking it. I also hadn't missed a run in three weeks, making big life changes over here. That a boy. Uh, but on that same front, I've eaten fast food for dinner every day of the month of November. So it's a zero sum game. <laughs> it's just, I really, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too successful. <laughs> God forbid. I know, every, everything in moderation. God forbid we not work some for someone in tour sixty five. I know. Uh, Chase right. their dream. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I read uh, "Silence of the Lambs" by Thomas Harris. This is a classic. I would say 
it's uh there is a movie about it as well it's i'm assume probably more popular than the book have not seen is it like movie. a 1900s classic like written in 1970s uh no it is all it was written in the 80s and okay i would say based about that same time period so it's like a modern classic i guess yeah it's uh yeah when i say classic i mean it's popular something you can read because you yeah. understand like, yeah language. uh it was it's very well written uh the reason i chose to read it i had just been in a slump uh i had read uh as as you may remember, I had to go into my archives for last week's episode. Uh, and that was because I couldn't commit to anything and finish, uh, right around, this was right around Halloween. So I just Googled, uh, scary books or psychological thrillers. Uh, and this book was pretty much across the list along with a bunch of Stephen King books I'd already read. So, uh, chose to read it. Uh, it was really good. It, it, uh, intrigued me right from the beginning. The uh, gist of the story is the FBI is trying to capture an active serial killer uh, using a previously caught and incarcerated serial killer. Uh, you may know that serial killer to be Hannibal Lecter, uh, who was a cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. Uh, they send a female rookie FBI agent in to interrogate him, uh, hoping that he'll be interested in talking to her. Uh, and he was, uh, and Hannibal knows the active serial killer through various things. He was a psychiatrist, uh, before he got arrested and uh, also had interactions with this fella named Buffalo Bill. Uh, Buffalo Bill is the active serial killer. He, uh, ends up kidnapping a Senator's daughter. And so the, hunt for them kind of increases the book is really good all the characters are likable even the bad guys uh it was well written uh, it was pretty easy to read but not so easy that you know you don't learn learn some new things in it um uh, but uh it's got a lot of good uh twists and turns that are not predictable which is also a nice surprise the uh, book's about 380 pages. Uh, took me about eight hours of total reading time, probably. It's only 250 on Apple Books, and I bought a physical version as well. Uh, that's my new protocol. If I like a book enough to deem it worthy of my library, I'll go buy a physical. Uh, and also want my wife to read it. So, And that one was $18, Barnes & Noble but it's actually only 1620 after my membership discount. Uh, only one, one star review on Amazon said, uh, misleading, not a single lamb. What? <laughs> <In the book. laughs> so it's got a 4.8 out of five overall rating. And, uh, and so I would, uh, Definitely would recommend it to anybody who uh, likes the psychological thriller. It's not really a horror book, but definitely has uh, uh, some thriller qualities to it. Uh, it's def and it's very engaging. So, and an easy read, like I said. So, and Thomas Harris has three other books that I know of, uh, which are all prequels or sequels to this one. But I don't think you have to read them in any particular order. So. 
Was it better than the movie? I never saw the movie, but probably. As they often are. Yeah. Always are, I think. Except Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. And maybe No Country for Old Men. Ooh. Yeah. Which is a Christmas movie, by the way. Yeah, it's about getting to be about time to watch it again. Well, I I think The Road, the movie might have been better than the book. I'm going to have to watch that again because I thought it was shit. I'm going to have to... The book or the movie? The movie. No. Well, they said like five words. Yeah. That's probably with me. Probably (laughs) slept through most of it. Yeah, John can't hear him anyways. (laughs) 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 So, John, you had told me you wanted to discuss... Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. This episode. How, how fucking good is this new album? It is the shit. It's a banger. Cutting grass? Yeah. I actually don't care for it that much. What? <laughs> I'm not a bluegrass fan, so. Oh, I am. But I, I like I feel... some of it. I will say. I, Sturgill, I'm a huge fan of everything. Don't change a single thing about you. Please. Even if you win a Grammy. He might win a Grammy before he wins a CMA. (laughs) Well, Barry, I think you better like it because this is just volume one. Yeah. Hey, he can keep pumping them out all he wants. I didn't like uh, his last album, uh, Sound and Fury, the first three times I listened through it. And then one day I was in the sauna and it was my fourth go, and I'm like, this shit is just amazing. Fastest Horse in Town is so good. Yeah. It took me like mm-hmm. six months to finally realize it. Yeah. No, I, I was like damn to that and just lose myself. Yeah, I like all of it. All of his albums are good. Even Cutting Grass, it's just – of all of his albums, it's probably my least favorite. See, but. I feel like Sturgill writes bluegrass music and then does LSD to actually... He likes bluegrass lyrics and then does LSD to make the music with it. Yeah. Well, he sent me that meme that one time where, like, it's all bluegrass music and then it says, like, it's always been bluegrass music. <laughs> <laughs> Which it is, though. I mean, if you go look back at, like, uh, his song called Arms and you put that on just different instruments, that's definitely a bluegrass song. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm i probably, if I ever get another dog, I'm probably naming him Sturgill. It's either going to be Sturgill or Rogan or Tito. <laughs> I think about naming my firstborn after him. Yeah. <laughs> Boy or girl. The uh, <clears throat> no, I like Sturgill, he stands up for who he is too, and he's like not mm-hmm. ashamed of it at all, yeah. And he supports charities that I like, you know, he does special forces foundation and things like that. Uh, and he was he is a veteran and may still be active duty, you know, CIA. There's a lot of a lot of debate, 
I believe that was even discussed on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. According to uh, Wheeler Walker. Wheeler Walker. <laughs> yeah, look, man, I don't have no sources. He's, he's got to believe me. <laughs> <laughs> One time on when Sturgill was on Rogan, uh, Rogan said, do you ever get too high to play music? And Sturgill goes, no, but I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I want to follow that up with something I've been meaning to bring up on the show for a while, and that's Metallica's album with the San Francisco Symphony. Yes, sir. I didn't care for it. Well, you didn't listen to it loud enough. <laughs> that shit is good. It's so Great during a workout. Yep, it is. Uh, or leaving the office. <laughs> so, oh, you're punching the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so go go give it a spin if you like uh you know if you like a little bit of rock and roll sometimes. A little That'll, bit of symphony. Yeah. They man, they mix it together fantastically. It's amazing how good how 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 well it goes together. Oh yeah. Really like, though it is. Oh, man, what's the one song? One second, I'll remember it. Yeah. But for those listening, I actually have not listened to the album. I was just fucking with Barry. You need to, John. You'll like it. I'll listen to it on the plane. Yeah. That may not be the place. You go down to your garage and start doing some deadlifts and listen to it. I need to start doing that in the middle of the day. Why don't we talk about that shit? Barry and I have both been working from home for the first time. Yeah. It seems like... and. It's not all that's cracked up to be. I'll tell no. you that. I like it though. My, uh, I feel like I've been more productive on my work tasks as well as more productive on the rest of my life tasks. And uh, just because it seems like there's a little more time in the day for all of it somehow or other. Yeah, it's like you're not spending an hour in traffic driving to and from work if yeah. you're lucky. Um, that, I, that's how I feel about it too. It's just... I need to start going outside and doing some, getting some steps in too. Yeah. Cause it's, that's something I'm used to at work. And now I'm just sitting in my office. Yeah. Take your laptop outside, get some sunshine, keep that, keep that C19er at bay. Yeah. I'd probably have to do that. The outlaw torn. That one is. That's, that's my favorite. Well, I like, uh, the memory remains. Yes. And the outlaw torn are my two go-tos anytime. The outlaw torn though. It just keeps going and going. Right. <laughs> Think it's stopping. They bring it back. Dude, the way it opens, man, I'm like, this is this is fucking gold. Yeah, it's kind of oh, like jamming, man. and then they open it up real nice. I sent that one to John because he likes that outlaw shit, and he apparently hadn't listened to it. I'm busy. <laughs> nah, outlaw torn is good. I'll, I'll check that it out. One. I'm going to listen to it as soon as we get off the call. I was actually listening to it before we got on when I went on my ice run. Uh, since this is since this is the Bourbon Bookshelf podcast. 
uh, Metallica does a cover of Whiskey in a Jar, which is a Grateful Dead song. Also worth listening to. Both versions. Where are we going to say? Is that on the symphony? No. That's on the, uh, they have an album called The Garage, I think is what it's called. One, another one that's on there is uh, they do uh, Tuesday's Gone by Leonard Skinner. That's good shit, too. A metal version? No, it's acoustic guitar. No shit? Yeah. No, I'll have to go check it out. I was saying that this, I, I, this was the second time they've done it. Yeah. The San Francisco Symphony. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I thought this was like first time ever done before. No, and I hadn't listened to the first one, but I need to go find it. <clears throat> a thought I had, because I watched it, my local PBS station live streamed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched the concert, and I a thought that occurred to me while I was watching it was how could you find anything in life to be fun after playing a rock concert like that in front of probably 80,000 people. I don't know how many right. people were there, but it was a bunch. That's why they do drugs. I'm not saying those <laughs> anymore. Yeah, not but anymore. That's why rock stars do drugs. How many of the symphony members do you think like listen to Metallica? I don't know. I thought about before <laughs> before they they did it, they were like, "Oh, it's Metallica." What the fuck? Like, what is, what, are, what are we doing? <laughs> Who signed us up for this shit? <laughs> well, that one guy. There's a song in there. The guy comes out with his cello and does a song to uh, commemorate the former bass player from Metallica who died in a in a bus accident. Which is actually what Outlaw Torn is about. Is that their bass player that died? Uh, and so he must have been a Metallica fan to be doing that. So I can't remember what that song is called, like uh, Pulling Teeth or something. What the fuck is that called? I'm going to have to give it another spin. I'll be honest, I kind of just like bounced around till something sounded good. And I was like, no, it, <clears throat> their, their main songs are awesome. And memory remains when the crowd yells. Gosh, it's good. Good stuff. What did y'all think of the Masters? <laughs> Segwaying. <laughs> <laughs> As a resident of the area, I really appreciated it. Uh, on Saturday, I'm literally eating lunch quarter mile, half mile from Augusta National. No wait nice restaurant because there's no one here we drove augusta national (laughs) no one here just the media and the members and the players john did you go out there with your arkansas sign and stand outside the gate i should have a fucking game day yeah people people i don't know the college game day did did a uh did their show at the masters and i was trying no to get shit. john yeah i was trying to get john to go out there and stand outside the gate i didn't know that so he can get on tv but so you can have you a crowd to... for game day but not no they weren't there was they were just on the golf course oh good well i'm proud of old dj for winning he played well the course did like seem, real well the course did seem a little easier but he still did the right things 
you still got to hit fairways and greens and make putts. I don't care how cor- how easy the course is playing. Yeah, they're they're all playing the same course. So yeah, might have some different weather conditions throughout the day, but what? I think he is that good, though. He is, he is now. He is damn good. He doesn't have to think about what he's doing because he can't. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's smarter than he lets off. <laughs> He knows something. He's got some kind of brains up there. I love that guy. He does impersonations. I think it's Connor sketches or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to double my majors (laughs) from one to three. (laughs) I love his ones he does at Brooks. He's just like, oh, why would I be nervous? Just golf. These guys all suck anyways. (laughs) His tiger, thought, his tiger ones are good, too. Yeah, they sound exactly <laughs> like him, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I noticed about the course, and it's still beautiful, but it really reminds me of Augusta golf courses around. Like, that's what it looked like. That's what I'm used to playing. Without the fans on it, mm-hmm. you know, the azaleas everywhere, that's what I'm used to playing. Pine needles in the – In yeah. the bunkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> You could tell it wasn't as uh, – it definitely wasn't as pristine because you could even tell on some of the greens, number 12 especially, uh, you could tell the green didn't look like it was in as good a shape as you would expect for Augusta. But. Is that why they had some of the pins moved uh, to not their – Could be. Yeah, that pin on – locations on, on Sunday. Yeah, because I know that pin on 16 was way up in a different place. and Yeah. I bet that is why I didn't even think about that. It'll be back in April, though. Yeah, I, I would pay one thousand dollars to play that course. Well, I mean, in two thousand nineteen, I paid. Luckily, <laughs> I lived here, and they had the 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 early start because of the weather, and so I waited until nine a.m. on Sunday morning, and I bought a a. Um, a ticket and <laughs> there's a there's a word for it there's a master's word for it badge there it is i rented a badge is what i did and I did that at 9 a.m because i lived 15 minutes from the gate so hey watched them just go down and down and down because at some point someone couldn't fly in from california and then at some point someone couldn't fly in from dallas and then at some point someone couldn't come in from atlanta and then people were like, well, I just want to sell it. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah, I remember that. And then fucking Tiger Woods won. Yeah. It was the most uh, – it was the greatest moment in golf history. It really Tiger. was. Tiger. Kathy cried. She don't even like golf. She's crying. <laughs> Speaking of, how about that 10 on 12? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then basically birdieing in from yeah. there. <laughs> like – that's some ice in your veins. Yeah, that shit. I saw something uh, on Instagram. I guess it was. Uh, oh man, what golfer? I think it may have been Bubba. He won the Masters, had a ten the next year, then won yeah. the Masters again. Yeah, yeah. they're already calling that with Maybe Tiger. <laughs> Bet what the more payment. <laughs> Dude, yeah, put your money down now. I bet you get good odds right now. Yes. Yeah. Bubba hadn't won in a few years. Well, Tiger, though. I'm not going to count Tiger out till he says he's done. 
he just knows how to show up when he needs to. He's just he's a winner, and that's there's just a difference between those guys that have won one major mm-hmm. and you never win again in Tiger Woods. That's kind of you know I I I like Abraham answer just because he's got local roots. Uh, but I I was kind of rooting against him because I didn't want him to become the you know the won the Masters and then hadn't been heard from ever since type guy like Danny Willett you know who won it Trevor Immelman yeah Mike Weir hell uh, what's his last name Watson Bubba no he won it twice and then on on hill. <laughs> Cabrera? Yes. You don't hear from him anymore. No, he was old, though, when he won it. He might have been at the point where he's like, fuck it, I'm done now. (laughs) That's what Sergio is. Yeah. Yeah, Sergio's one, too. It's like, yay, Sergio. Liked you better when you didn't have a major. (laughs) He should have won it years ago, though. Yeah. Well, he should have won it. He probably should have won several. He's one of those head cases, though. Yeah. Big time. Speaking of head cases, man, I just feel bad for Spieth. Like, he is <laughs> – I, I like him even though he went to a bad school. I I really like him. I wear Under Armour <laughs> golf shirts because I like him so much. <laughs> that guy, he cannot just get a hold of himself. No, I feel bad for him. I mean, he's like – I feel, I feel like he's only a few years out from being like on the mini tours, can't break eighty. Yeah, type I guy. mean, he's got two years before he loses his exemptions. Yeah. What did he do at the the Masters? Did he make the cut? Barely. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, he did. I think he I ended mean, up. Yeah, I remember they kept showing him. You know, when they do like the notable player leaderboard, I'm like, why are they showing him on the notable players still? embarrassing master's champion yeah grand slam holder i'd like to see rory win the masters too just because he had his chance that one year and shot like 87 you know in the final round i was cheering against him that day (laughs) (laughs) he did say that he felt like he belonged this past week so he played he's getting, well. He's getting over the jitters. He needs to show up on Thursday. That seems to be an issue for him. Yeah. I'll tell you who else played really well was most of the time was uh, John Rahm. But he had like a quad every day. So <laughs> he, Sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> you take those out, he probably 35 under. So it was good. Did you, glad, did you glad see to that watch shit that Cameron Smith did? He the first person ever to shoot in the sixties every single day. Yeah, and DJ shot twenty under. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he didn't even accomplish it. That was interesting to me that he was the first person ever to do that. But I mean, usually it's playing harder. So yeah. I mean, there's I, I remember years watching where, you know, just one or two under has won it. Well, were they saying – they kept saying that the greens were rolling slow. Yeah. Was that what like made it, it so, so easy? Yeah. They seemed – We'd still shoot 100 on that course. But. They seemed really receptive, too. 
like you could really attack some pins that you wouldn't normally go after. So I guess that's cool though, that they got to see it in a different light. Yeah, it was cool. I liked when they do the pan out from the blimp and you could kind of see the fall colors all rolling hills and everything. <laughs> that's uh, where I live. Yeah. It's not like where I live. The, uh, I'm hoping though, when April rolls back around, superintendents are going to be out for blood. Yeah. It's going to be. They hung that guy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Hunger Games. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you guys got anything else? That's all I got. Jared, you never have any closing thoughts, Jared. No, sir. Well, I was, was like, gonna no thoughts yeah. to close. <laughs> no, <laughs> the coffee's for closers. Yeah, <laughs> the thing I was gonna bring up with my library was sometimes when I can't decide what book to read, I'll narrow it down to four and <laughs> assign them a letter, and then <laughs> ask a random group of people to pick a letter. So this week, before I picked up the book I'm now reading, which we'll get to, uh, I did this. I had two I really wanted to read. One that was kind of out there, and then one that was basically filler. And so I made my list, got my requests out, and all of them came back as uh, the the book I least wanted to read which the odds of that happening were slim to none, according to John. It was like point three. Yeah, I'm not a statistician. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the book that ended up being The Streets of Laredo Ooh. by Larry McMurtry. And so I figured, you know what? If it was a unanimous vote on the book I didn't want to read, that was Divine Intervention. So... I'm going for it and I'm loving it. It's been good so far. Good. And I'll finally knock out the uh, Lonesome Dove series, which something else I want to bring up uh, on that. <clears throat> Perhaps one of the best book reviews I've ever seen was left on Streets of Laredo. Uh, and it says, I cannot leave a review on any one book in the series. It says you need to get all of them and deal with them. <laughs> they're that good and i agree with that it's worth being dealt with so all right well no other business appearing yeah don't get giardia folks nope worse than covid yeah it is i probably <laughs> have firsthand experience and i can say that's probably true so good night <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. 
Thank you, and we'll see you next time.